evening, everybody. Uh, we'd like to welcome y'all to a nice little work in progress. This is the podcast rooted in the Facebook group, the Untold Dragon Ball group. Uh, this is the Untold Dragon Ball podcast. Um, get used to calling me AE. Um, I'm here with my main man, Charles. We're about to take a swing at this, get everybody caught up to date on what's happening in the manga. Of course, we're going to make references to the anime as well. And, you know, the whole history, the whole lore, you know what this is. We're talking all things Dragon Ball. Um, guess let me kick it over to my man, Charles. Say what's up to the world. What's up, guys? It's Charles. I'm, uh, I'm the resident Vegeta hater in the group, but... <laughs> <laughs> we are, we're we're a cool group. It's uh, the untold story of a black Dragon Ball group on Facebook. So if you want to join, please join. And uh, yeah, we just trying to do a podcast. We trying to let y'all what we know our knowledge on Dragon Ball. So let's go. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. All right. Well, um, I guess just to elaborate a little bit more on who I'm is and why I do what I do. Uh, I actually didn't get into into Dragon Ball until, man, I want to say I was at least, I can't remember if I was a sophomore in high school or not. That's when I was full-fledged, you know what I'm saying? That's when I dove all the way in, uh, you know, with my Spike saying tinfoil hat, <laughs> and that's when I did it. Prior to that, I just used to always see the ads in the back of the Game Pro and like all the different gaming magazines from back in the day. And I was like, what the hell is Dragon Balls? I didn't know that the Z was supposed to be its own thing. I just knew that everybody's hair looked dope. And <laughs> I was like, that shit looks dope. When I was young, I was, I'm a little bit older than you, but you, we, we on the same level. Um, right. Fox in my hair. North Carolina, eastern part of North Carolina. Uh-huh. In the morning, they would show Dragon Ball Z, and it was like early Dragon Ball Z. This was Gohan had his dragon. I can't remember the name of the dragon, but uh-huh. it was Gohan, little Gohan, and Go- and it, it it was the start of Dragon Ball. But it would come yeah. on seven in the morning. Uh-huh. And, I, and I always thought Goku, Yamcha, and Vegeta were <laughs> like I, I I knew they were all brothers <laughs> because so, of the ears and the hairline. <laughs> so I was like, okay, this is cool. I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know until I got to college. It was 1999. Wow. So I got to college. I finally, you know, people in my dorm room they had uh-huh. the they didn't have the dub. They had the sub. So I watched the sub and I became a lover of Dragon Ball. That's crazy. Yeah. See, and, pr- and prior to that, it, it was real funny because I was like always like the nerdy black dude, like in my community, like in church and stuff. You know what I mean? I still yeah. played my sports. I still peeped the chicks and all of that. But ultimately, I was like into, you know, just like other shit. And, like, mm-hmm. my first animes back in the day were probably, like, Vampire Hunter D, and I think Tank Police. Oh, and then, like you were talking about, with it being early in the morning, Sailor Moon would come on Sunday mornings early. That exactly. one, 
and a show called oh man, what was it called? Techno something, Techno Rider or something. Uh, I can't remember. I it can't. had this dude. It was like these twins. It, it kind of reminded me of uh, Trigun years later when I watched it. Okay, it was like okay. these twins, and one was evil and one was good, but didn't remember shit. And um, it was something like that. But yeah, uh, anyway, so it was like, I can't remember what year it was prior to this. Still before I knew really knew what Dragon Ball was, this family moved in from Dallas because I'm from Texas. Uh, <laughs> I'm destined to be first, to be exact. And this other black dude moved in. His grandfather was a doctor. So I can't remember how he ended up getting adopted by his grandparents, but they just, you know, he was into anime and shit. And when he got there, I was like, whoa, I think I found like my spirit animal. And he had he had Dragon Ball GT Final Bout on PlayStation. And <laughs> we would play that in all of its horrible, clunky ass glory. But I still didn't know who the characters were, none of their history. I just knew that I fucked with it. And taking it way back. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was, that was my first. That was freshman year in college for me. So I'm a, yeah. I'm, I'm so yeah. We were. Yeah. That was that was junior high for me. But like I said, it was about high school by the time where me yeah. and one of my homeboys, he's deceased now, God rest oh. his soul. But we had a history teacher. One time we were talking about it or we drew some doodles of it or something. And she had sons that were in college. And she was like, you guys watch that too? And we were like, yeah, how do you watch it? You know, Miss Wilson, how do you? She's like, well, my sons, whenever they're in, in town or they come to visit, they always watch it. We were like, what? So she used to let us come in our off period to her classroom and watch it before we finished our shit out for the day. Uh, was that tsunami years? Yep, yep. That was definitely tsunami years. I was in all my classes, all my college classes sitting there. Working. I was like, I wasn't even thinking about what they talking about. I was like, I need to see what the next episode of Z is, so I know what's going on. So yeah, it it was crazy back then. It was late nineties, early two thousands. Yep. I remember even sitting at the computer in the library, like I kept on, I would always write Toonami. Is there any way y'all could play this later? I got shit to do at four o'clock. You know what I'm saying? Like, could you help me out? And then it was, I don't know exactly how long it was. And then that's when they started doing Toonami at night, uncut, and Dragon Ball Z was in the lineup. And I was like, yeah. I was kind of um, embarrassed to tell my kids. I was like, I would buy because they would release the and this is how my age, the VHS, like yep. a week before it came out on Toonami, the uh-huh. uncut version. Now, this is okay. the version and, and cussing and everything. Yeah. So I would go that Friday, go get the uncut version on VHS, pop it in my uh-huh. VCR, and and that was my weekend. Like, yep. you couldn't me. I had a little spot, a Chinese spot. I would get shrimp and chicken teriyaki lo mein, and 
couldn't you couldn't talk to me during that because I had to see the exact. This was this was around boo time, so okay. everything I was you know you couldn't you you couldn't bother me because on the weekends it was boo. I had to see what was going on and who was going to win these fights. So yeah. me and my yeah. the same friend I was talking about earlier. We had had summer jobs, and we found this company that was importing the figures, and we would just blow whole checks on importing the OG, like, Dragon Ball figures. And then by the time I went to college, uh, I went to college in Dallas at a art school, and they had this comic book store. Well, it, was a, it, wasn't a, it was like a comic book store, but nothing but, like, otaku stuff, nothing but, like, anime, manga shit, right? And they had VHS to tell my age as well. And we would just go cop them. They would let you rent the VHSs. And we would just straight cop them hoes, double VCR up, stick the toilet paper in the whatever, and tape over it and rip them. <laughs> like me. So, so we, we come from the same fabric right there. Oh, yeah. So. For sure. For sure. Okay. So, uh, we paved the way for current Dragon Ball acceptance. I don't care who y'all are out there listening to it. All right. Yeah. I'm the damn uh, Frederick Douglass of this shit. <laughs> we all sat in a hot dorm room subversion of the first Broly movie. So. Oh, hell yeah. Dope, dope. Yeah. Well, anyways, well, that's a little bit of a intro, I guess, on our history with it. Me, myself, I don't know. Uh, I guess it's like a regional thing. Um, I also used to wake up early in the morning to catch Dragon Ball Z on Telemundo, or maybe it was Univision, and I would listen to, I would watch it in Spanish just so I could see what was ahead of the Toonami version. But uh, Z was somehow, I don't know. I got introduced to Z before I even knew that there was a Dragon Ball. And, you know, it was Z and GT before I had found out that there was Dragon Ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I was saying, I, I learned about Dragon Ball Z. They said, well, there's a Dragon Ball. And I saw, I watched like one or two episodes. I was like, I can't. You know, this ain't for me. <laughs> I was like, nah, this definitely ain't for me. So I went back and finally watched regular Dragon Ball, the original yeah. Dragon Ball. Yeah. GT had like cool character design, but it was there was definitely something off about it. You can appreciate it just because it's in the Dragon Ball, you know, like the pantheon of Dragon Ball or whatever. But uh, it doesn't it, it doesn't always get you know like the acclaim that I feel like they were wanting it to. <laughs> Started it was, it. When you had Z, Z was so iconic that when you watch GT, you're like, "What is this?" It's like, yeah. it's like they took a step back, and yeah, you know, they try to go kind of cosmic with it, and then you know they brought it back down to earth, and but yeah, it, it just didn't it didn't flow like Z. Z, you know, everybody was so had a part in Z and GT was just like kid Goku again. Nah. Yeah. yeah. That was what, I think 
one of the things too, peel off and them coming back and you know just how what everything jumped off in the beginning you're like uh did we have to do this i feel like y'all were kind of i was cool with watching him and oob spar and let's exactly. more of that. <laughs> but yeah no doubt but anyways um i guess uh when we had when you had first proposed this idea you had uh wanted to touch up on more of the current story, which is what we know as Dragon Ball Super, Dragon Ball Cho, um, which is the continuation of Z, which I guess, you know, it's kind of up in the air. Some people, they say uh, Dragon Ball GT might be like a fork in the storyline, I guess maybe reminiscent of like, uh, did you ever watch Tenchi Muyo or Tenchi in Tokyo or any of those? I didn't. Uh, and that one you had this initial iconic story that was dope that you messed with heavy and then the other two were just kind of like alternate stories same characters but they came to know each other different and the things that they did were a little bit different but same characters uh but yeah so current day modern day we're all adults now uh super is what we're gonna talk about um which, you know, everybody was uh, exposed to it through the first two movies. We burned, first learned that they were going to be doing original stories. And we had the Battle of the Gods. And then we had Revival of F, or Resurrection of F. And, uh, you know, which turned out to be the first two arcs. But um, I guess mainly what we're going to talk about today would be the manga, since that's going to be the most current uh, evolution in the story more current characters, more current storylines, uh, especially given that Super Stop, what was that, already like a year ago or something, when Super, the anime stopped? It ended, I think, sometime in April, so it's been like a exact year, okay. not long ago. I can't remember. I just remember uh, the Ultra Instinct Kamehameha was on my Facebook <laughs> memories not that long ago. And even for shits and giggles, sometimes I'll go and watch the reaction videos to that. I also got a bad. She... <laughs> she got uh, all the vitamin K on that one. Oh, yes. but, uh, so uh, you want to kind of give a brief synopsis of what we've witnessed in uh, Super so far? As far as Super or the manga? Uh, the manga, I guess. You know. Okay. Yeah, um, well, Goku and Vegeta have gotten recruited to the Space Patrol. Okay. And, the Space Patrol that we were introduced to, uh, I guess, if anybody read the manga previously, and then if you watch the anime, Jaco. Yeah. And so they're trying to... Um, Moro, who is an ancient villain, bad guy, they're trying to hunt him down again because he's escaped and they captured Boo, who was still asleep from Tournament Power, to uh, because the Kaioshin in him was able to lock Moro away, but now they need him to do it again because Moro's escaped. Now he's on Namek trying to get the Dragon Balls and his powers are 
he can absorb energy or a key from anybody. And it's basically keeping Goku and Vegeta from doing anything because they've tried to fight him. They've gone pretty cool. Um, Vegeta's gone Super Saiyan God. Couldn't do nothing. Sucked away. Goku really had a, got a chance to fight him, but his uh, key has been sucked away. So now we're at a point where uh, Moro has finally unleashed full... Well, he, he's got gotten to a power where he's weakened anymore, and he's searching for Dragon Balls for a wish. I'm going to let you tell him that wish. I believe it is to, like, seems like everybody. They want to be young. They want to be at the top. They want to be at their peak. You know what I mean? They just want to be unfuckwittable. Exactly. So he has, he, and he can sense where the Dragon Balls are. Well, we find that out in chapter 47, which is the current chapter, which we'll be talking about. He can pretty much tell where the Dragon Ball, he don't need a Dragon Radar that uh, Loma has. He can right. tell where the Dragon Balls are. So, Which is weird because little... you, never, you never really get the sense that Dragon Balls really emit energy. Exactly. Or... Yeah. So, real quick, in the palette of Dragon Ball villains, you know, of course, they have to make each one some type of way, you know, more dastardly, more evil, more sinister. Where do you rank Moro's abilities and his, like, ambitions compared to the other ones? I, I guess me personally, I guess I would say the one that gave the least amount of fucks would be Boo, but in his kid form. Are we going to see something that destructive or something dialed back a little bit? Something a little bit more vain? A little more, like I said. Yeah, he's a little more calculated than Boo was, but he's on a whole different level. I think, you know, Moro is just, he's older. You know, he's got the grown man beard. Yeah. To me, he's. He's what Morgan Freeman would be if he was a Dragon Ball character. Right, right, exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. I was like, the dude has some agency, but yet he still seems like he's got a lot of a lot of road to travel. He could narrate Shawshank Redemption and kill Namekians on New Namek. <laughs> <laughs> he knows what he's doing, and the fact that he was able to escape and even... Well, I don't know how far you want to go into uh, uh, chapter forty-seven, but he's he's I think crafting a plan that's going to be tough for if we call them Z fighters, super fighters, whatever. It's going to be tough for them to figure out because I don't know who can beat him, right. even though the character beating him is doing a pretty good job. But I don't, I think he's baiting him basically. Yeah. Um, I guess what we could do right quick, uh, I guess we need to dial it back just a sec, like how you were talking about, uh, um, you know, up till now in the what's happened is uh, how this new arc is starting off. 
like you said, they've been recruited kind of like as, you know, they've been knighted or deputized yeah. by the uh, intergalactic police to try to yeah. help them uh, protect Boo or, you know, uh, and stop this plan that Morrow has. Uh, they've got the little ace. Uh, who's the little ace detective guy that Jaco's intimidated by? I can never remember his name. Uh, is it Mirrors or something like Yeah, something starts with the M. Yeah, so he's like the you know he's the uh, the elite agent so to speak, yeah. and I mean he pretty much you know sat Goku and Vegeta down and they woke up and realized that they had been drafted into the damn time patrol. Yeah. Uh, and so what has happened up till now is you know they've been up brought up to date on what Moro can do, who he is, why he's doing what he's done, why they've kidnapped Boo to try to contact or I guess extract uh, the Kaioshin that's uh, been mm-hmm. absorbed by Boo, you know, millions of years ago. I don't know what the age number is, age 327 or some shit like that. I'm yeah. a fan, but I have not, you know, went uber, you know, info dork on mm-hmm. it like that, so to speak. But, uh, and that's no diss to any of the uber info dorks that are out there. We need y'all. Um, exactly. The chroniclers um, and so now they've got to new Namek, and of course Goku and Vegeta, they're saying blood gets pumping, and they automatically want to get with the shits. More often than not, it's really Goku that's with the shits, and he's like, hey, hey, Vegeta, uh, let's go hop on this dude's bumper right quick. They get to new Namek. Like you said, he's gone Super Saiyan God. They've tried all these different power-ups, and Homeboy just like... Uh, it reminds me, it's like if uh, Naruto's sin, uh, Frog Sage mode yeah, yep. was like <laughs> had a had a horrible downside to it. He just yeah. absorbs all the energy out of everything around him, you know. That's that's a good analogy because yeah, that's that's what Moro is. He just, I mean, anything they do, he's sucking the energy out of it and that's feeding him so his Mount Noor's body is becoming a Hulk again oh yeah he's went for, in a couple of chapters he's went from like the little Ethiopian kids and the infomercials to like Hussein Bolt damn near you know what I mean like <laughs> he's not really one to fuck with at the moment they um, I think they've done, you know, their signature moves and homeboy just kind of like, you know, just like absorbs it, turns it into like a some sort of like bijou bomb looking thing and then just fires it back. He's hella destructive. He gives no shits. The Namekians have tried their assimilation techniques to make all kinds of super warriors. And he literally just like punches these fools through the chest. <laughs> and and to to talk about that, um, there's been some question whether this will be actually translated into the anime. And listening to some people that talk about it, the anime, the actual super anime in Japan, is shown at an hour where it's kid friendly. And uh, watching this movie. Okay. Is- 
just not very kid friendly. That's why that's why Super was kind of tame as far as blood and all that, even in the sub. Um, right. So that's why there's a little question whether this will actually be um, translated into the actual anime because Moro is a little more vicious than we've seen <laughs> in all of Super. Yeah. So even Goku Black, even Frieza, you know, he's he's putting his arm through hand whatever through yeah. the of the Namekians and just be basically chopping them down. So uh, something that I've always questioned is whenever they say, "Oh, we're about to make this super elite," you know, like ass kicking, name taking ass Namekian. Who do they train with on a peaceful ass planet? Like, what do they have as a meter to exactly. know that they're worth anything? That's the the wildest thing about Namekians that you know are you know on Namek, of course. You know, granted, we only got what. Three to choose from outside of Namek, but I mean, I guess that's why they get beat pretty easily <laughs> every time. Yeah. And you know, I'm still hope, holding on hope to my favorite character actually getting some kind of uh, boost during this arc, but it's still in question. Your favorite character being Gohan, Piccolo. Ah, there we go. Well, me and you definitely share that. Piccolo's definitely, um, like I said, when from the moments back in the day, even when we used to watch them, me and my friends, we used to swear, like, dude, that's got to be a black dude doing his voice. Piccolo's got to be a black. He's like Dragon Ball's Panthro. Like, we know he's the... Exactly. That's so why always... he's a black. We We all consider him a black man. <laughs> Which is wild. Oh, so check this out. I've got a piccolo story. And I mentioned this in the group uh a while back, but I didn't give any details. Somebody was asking, why do black people always try to claim piccolo? Why is there always all these piccolo as black jokes? Here's a little insight. So we had this local Comic Con a couple of years ago. I almost didn't go, but I did. And I went by myself at first, and then I went and got my sons, and we went back later. The main guest that we wanted to see happened to be Sean Schimmel, voice of Goku, and it was supposed to have been that Stephanie girl who's the voice of Kid Gohan, right? Well, where they do the dubs for Dragon Ball is like five hours from where I live. The Stephanie girl couldn't make it, so Chris Sabat, who is the voice of Vegeta and Piccolo, hops on a plane to come down here and help his homie Sean out, you know, in this exhibition, so to speak. I go through, get my stuff signed by Sean. Like I say, a couple hours go by, waiting for the Gohan girl to show up. She doesn't show up. Next thing you know, I get the my message from uh, the guy putting on the con, because me and him had met through some musical stuff, and he says that the voice of Vegeta and Piccolo is going to be there. That's how I got my sons as I went home to grab my some Vegeta stuff because I didn't really have anything Piccolo-ish that I wanted to sign at the time. Hop in the line. My sons actually wander off to go to like a face paint booth or something. And I'm there with uh, one of my homeboys that I do music with. And my turn to step up and get my shit signed. I give him my 
Vegeta figure, movie figure to sign. And he starts to write, and then he just caps the marker and just sits it down on the thing and looks up at me. And I'm like, uh, what the hell's going on here? I thought this is how it worked. <laughs> like, you sign it, you charge me, like, a nice amount for this signature, and then I'm envious that I'm not a voice actor charging 20 bucks to sign my name on shit, you know? And he tells me, you know... I was about to sign your stuff and I had to pause for a second because I have to develop these voices. And so I have to have like a, you're familiar with like a, basically he was telling me he has like, he has to have like a totem, like to anchor each voice in, you know, like an inspiration. And he told me that out of all the years that he's been doing Piccolo's voice, when he's picturing what Piccolo would look like as he's doing the voice, my face resembled who he pictures in his head while he's doing the voice. And I like, <laughs> wait, what? What? I'm, I look at Joe, my homeboy, and he's just like, bro. And like, he kind of like, I didn't know if I was about to faint or what. Like, I just leaned into it. And I was like, dude, I was like, well, I, you know, I was like, that's an honor. I appreciate it and everything. I was like, you know, we always make all these jokes about Piccolo being black and this and that. And he's like, it's funny that you say that because I've always felt like when you compare, you know, African-American struggles and cultural, certain cultural things that the Namekians remind me a lot of black people, you know what I mean? With like their forgivingness and, you know, really just wanting to be left the fuck alone. <laughs> to let them do what they do. That's confirmation yeah. that is black. So Yeah. We had we had a nice little cultural chat right then and there for a second, so that was dope. So, yeah, it's crazy. How and how many years ago was this? Uh I wanna say at least two. Might have been three. Uh yes. it was a, probably about two and a half because I I'm about to be uh, we're about to be in our house coming up two years and this was like March of like seventeen. So you you are inspiration well, so <laughs> oh, trust me. I wanted I walked in the house and my wife was like telling me to take off my shoes or something. I was like, I ain't gotta take off shit on Piccolo. Here's the kicker. She doesn't know who the fuck Piccolo is or what the give a shit who he is, but it felt good to say it. <laughs> My my wife him Pikachu so oh shit yeah my wife struggles to the difference between Goku Naruto and I can't remember every now and then I'll just have a pop quiz with her like anytime my son gets like a Dragon Ball figure I'll be like is this from Dragon Ball or Naruto <laughs> I don't know she might she might be like a C student when it comes to the guessing though yeah, my wife is. She's at the back of the class. She ain't. She's not ready yet. <laughs> I actually, uh, actually got today as a gift. I got a, you know, like one of those tumbler cups that you know with the little sealed cap and everything, and uh, it has the seven star Dragon Ball on one side, and then it's got Goku's face on the other side. And I meant to ask her, how did she know? to put Goku with the Dragon Ball, I'm surprised that it wasn't Naruto on one side with the Dragon Ball on the other. 
That would be <laughs> classic. If you had Naruto died in the seven star dragon, it would have still worked though. Yeah, because I'm both of them. You had a key. I said, I got what? I would have had to keep that if that was Naruto on one side and the seven star Dragon Ball on the other. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fully, fully. <laughs> It's Goku, so <laughs> my wife a credible now. You know she she's got a lot of she got a big role to fill now because she got to do me something like that. So oh, shit, my bad. I wasn't trying to set the bar high for nobody. I wasn't trying to cause problems. <laughs> got to understand who she's with. So one <laughs> hundred. But yeah, so. Um... Yeah, that was just back to the whole uh, Namekian lore thing. Um, got off on a tangent. I don't even remember how we got to that part. I think we were just talking about Piccolo and Namekian in general. But uh, yeah, as far as the meter, like we're talking about, basically, Morrow was there and he's just bulldozing through people. He didn't He's got one mission, and he doesn't do too much monologuing. Uh, just a bunch of ass whooping, as we've seen, to where, you know, of course, it has to happen that way. But uh, Goku and Vegeta's ass is in a sling at the moment. <laughs> and like you said, this is going to be a difficult villain for him because power-ups don't mean shit. Because every time you power up, you're just fueling somebody. You're just fueling Morrow. So, once it got to a certain point, I think the name is Maris. I'm sure somebody will uh, correct me, but the Galactic Patrol, I said Ross says Space Patrol, but Galactic Patrol, um, main guy. Who's over Jocko? Jacko. He right. was to uh, kind of. He was able to shoot something that was able to kind of constrain Moro. Right, because it wasn't uh, made out of. Uh, you know, it didn't have necessarily like a key signature for uh, him to be able to vampire off of him. And then from there, we got the big. I guess big reveal. Yep. And that was Majin. Well, you call him Majin Buu or Fat Buu? Fat Buu. Uh, I call him Majin Buu because I call the other Boos Evil Buu, Super Buu, and Kid Buu. So technically they're all Majin, but yeah, I would call him Fat, Annoying. <laughs> I wish there was some other use for him that made him entertaining or interesting Boo. Because. So he, yeah, he finally woke up and he's going at it with Moro. Oh and, yeah! Somehow Kaioshin is like uh is like leaked through in the in his consciousness. Yeah, and how? I'm trying to figure out how does that work because why doesn't that work in other uh periods of time with Boo? Like why now? And the Kaioshin. Is it something the Galactic Patrol did that made 
out and that's going to be interesting and they're probably going to have to do like some sort of like on the ship flashback because remember they get to new Namek and Goku and Vegeta hop out and they just want to start thumping and yeah on the ship and we know I guess it's possible something could have happened because next time we see Boo he is being shoved out the door by Jaco mm-hmm. and you know it would almost make us think that some sort of real plan has been carried out while Goku and Vegeta have been down there getting their ass whooped <laughs> yeah so you, you gotta wonder if they have some kind of I don't know. Uh, I don't know what you're gonna call it. They have somebody that kind of pulls that out of him, um, but it's working. I mean, he's oh, yeah. he's he's taking on Moro, and actually, from what we can tell from the action scenes, he's winning. And even Goku yeah. um, says, "You know, well, maybe Boo can do this." Uh, every uh, everything that didn't work for Goku and Vegeta seems to be working with yeah and oddly he can't detect or he can't sense the uh, the key in Boo even though Boo is not really he's kind of punching him he's not he's not really he's hand to hand combat he's not really using any key but right. They're I thought that was a nice little uh, how yeah. the panel goes whenever they're, you know, they get their wits about them and they think, okay, here comes Morrow. We're about to have to, like, you know, do this dance again. And then they go to dip out and then, boom, Galactic Patrol shows up and they got Boo with them on deck. And, you know, his, uh, he tries the same attacks he did on the Namekians, which is, you know, just like punching straight through them. Yeah, don't work on Boo because Boo is oh. is that's why he wasn't in the tower. Let's let's tell everybody the reason why he wasn't in the tournament power. He's oh, the ultimate. <laughs> so <laughs> so that's why none of that works on on Boo. So yeah, I mean, this, he took the definition of a power nap. Is what the hell that had to have been because. How do you feel about that? Do you think they've underutilized Boo in Super? And do you think it's because of his abilities or. Here's the thing I can't focus too long on if they underutilize Boo because I always get too annoyed by the fact that as vast as the universe is. They were barely able to scrape together 10 fucking people and they had to go grab somebody from hell. And you're trying to tell me that Yardratons who have taught instant transmission, you know, the new Namekians, like they didn't have enough time to go grab one of them and hyperbolic them up. Like everybody else has dope Namekians. Everybody else has dope this and that. And all we have is what, eight fucking, nine fucking people from Earth? Like, how lucky are we? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> so, so, we we have to think about that. They, they pretty much beat the whole, ga- the, the universes because yeah. 
was able to get a knockout other than Universe 7, basically. Yeah. <laughs> That's was, but, but to answer your question, yeah, underutilized Boo, but I mean, shit, I feel like a bunch of characters get underutilized. Uh, my biggest fear is that he's going to kill off Goku and Vegeta when he could have just like let somebody else have some shine and get strong and mm-hmm. have them be able to come save the day for once. But Boo, I mean, you know, for all the trouble that he's caused and the power that he seems to have, it's definitely a damn shame in how they have utilized him. I would definitely agree. So, do you think Piccolo's going to get any kind of any kind yeah. of he, he had his he, he looked mad that you know people on the th- yeah, that's the weird thing about Piccolo is none of the Namekians in him have a real connection other than Nail, but I mean I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Piccolo is like one of those skinfolk and kinfolk type thing. It's like the difference between an American black person and like a Nigerian. Like we look similar, but we've grown up so totally different. We have to find commonalities, but we don't get to start off with those default commonalities like two Russian people would. You know what I'm saying? It's a and that's weird. yeah, because I would think because like if something was happening to like this is kind of off, but if something happened even in Universe Six on Planet Sadala, right? Goku, well, not so much Goku, but Vegeta would be like, I gotta go save my people. Oh yeah, yeah. Vegeta's almost like a. Uh... I don't know. I don't know really know how to explain it, but yeah, he's he. I think he's just carried so much of the fact that he's the only person alive that has any type of memory of his home planet, whether he plays it down or not, and that's what's always been one of his driving forces. It's yeah, he's like, saying he went through like no matter what, he's going to you know even if he hates him. Which he does. Oh, yeah. Like I'm, I'm going to save my people, and you would think Piccolo, knowing finally finding out about his people, would actually at least attempt to try to help them. Yeah, but, and actually, I, I gotta, I gotta change what I said. I take that back. Technically, Piccolo Junior, who or Piccolo as we know him is really the only part of him that has no connection in Namek. There should still be a connection because of Kami and because of Nail. So you're right. You you would kind of expect for him to want to go hold it down. Yeah, so I mean, I don't know what he will do because I was thinking if that Super Namekian or whatever it was that fused as he did, I, I mean, the Whites of his eyes, so it, you assume he's dead. From the, uh, the whites, the whites of the eyes can be dead or right next door to dead, as we've yeah, seen. So, the... I'm, I wasn't quite hundred percent that he was dead. So if he comes and maybe fuses with them, 
you know, even the Universe 6, the Mechians were like, Piccolo is really, really strong. Yeah. Even if you have, you know, like a whole half of his village fused with them. So maybe, possibly. Maybe um, they have some sort of essence that's useful to him with him yeah. being in control. He still has all that battle experience. And that's what I'm hoping will happen. And that it kind of ended with Boo winning. So, what do you feel going forward? Do you think Boo? Um, well, we know that something has to go wrong, or else this would be the shortest arc ever. But, um, I do have to say that Miris, uh, which the guy whose name we've been forgetting, that's what his name is, Miris, the little elite. Yeah. Zarbon, pretty boy looking guy. Uh, actually did a pretty decent job of, you know, confronting uh, Morrow. I don't see how much more how much more of a help he's going to be. And we do know that, you know, for plot and all of that, something's got to go wrong with Boo. I just can't think of what that would be at the moment. Um, because if the Kaioshin gave up all that power to seal Moro, we don't really know how the whole Boo absorbing him thing really works with power gains. So yeah. I guess until we find out a little bit more on how Kyle, the Grand Kaioshin is able to uh, you know, communicate and kind of hop in the passenger seat of Boo's form, um, how much more of a help he's going to be. But I mean, right now, uh, he's throwing the best of hands and fighting off Moro and making him look kind of, you know, not as sinister. He looks scared, but that's why I think he's kind of baiting Boo into doing something because as we've seen, Boo can get and, and fall out. So maybe he's... Yeah. Trying to get Boo to do his big explosion, key wave or whatever it was, and yeah. I'm thinking Dragon Ball Fighter scheme because that's one of his supers. But uh, also annoying and uh, aggravating to look at in that game as well. Yes, but that's <laughs> he gets him mad and he does that, and he just like, okay, thank you. He'll eat or absorb that and. Get rid of Boo, and then we're back to square one. Yeah, which I'm all for Boo getting swatted and taken out of the series forever. I'm all about that, but uh, it'd be nice if it had some sort of like benefit to the rest of the crew, you know what I mean? And I, and I think that's what's going to happen. I think Boo, this is kind of his swan song, he's going to look like he's going to be the hero, and then. Dragon Ball always does. He's going to be uh, outed and killed or disposed of in some way. So uh, I think that this is probably Boo's last um, the last time we see Boo in any serious uh, situation. And I think if it's not the next issue, definitely issue 49 will be the end of Boo. And oh dang, you're giving him the two chapter lifespan. 
I, I know I probably shouldn't because he. I mean, he had a he only had a short fight, so I, I'm giving him a little. Even though Super moves a little bit quicker than Z did, so uh, I'm giving him a doubt. So I'm gonna live four through forty eight and end in forty nine. You think we're gonna get transformations from Boo because the mystery of Boo is if. Grand Kyle Shin's been in there this whole time, you know, uh, how far is his backseat of the control and consciousness of the body really, you know what I mean? My question is how do they do that? How would they I mean, if he pushes Kyle Shin out or Kyle Shin just rejects him or whatever, Here's something that we could also look at, and maybe Boo has a little bit more time than we think. So, Morrow has had a long time to sit and think of new techniques, of new ways, or exactly how he got hemmed up by Grand Kyle Shin in the first place. Kyle Shin has had probably close to that same amount of time sitting and reflecting inside of Boo. Yeah. So they both could have some crazy techniques that might have them for more than a couple of chapters, but at the same time, you could be right. Well, you're right too, because I would like for this battle, this fight to go on because it will give time for my my, uh, hope for Piccolo to somehow get to a new dynamic in yeah. that time and, and that'd be with the help of Bulma. Yeah. And so that would give him time to get there. So you probably can do that in two you probably would expand that beyond two uh manga chapters. So yeah, yeah I mean because that's, that's like almost fifty pages worth of stuff that's happening. Yeah. So so, the like you said, the Kyle Shin should have some type of way to say, hey, you know, I can combat Moro. I know what to do against Moro. And Moro should say, I've been waiting this long, and I finally got now. I know what to do against you. So it should be a clash of we kind of know what to do against each other, but we don't. And each one kind of gets at one point. Yeah. And uh, man, I just had a thought as I'm sitting here staring at this uh, these panels of Boo and Morrow fighting. Um, I don't know, man. It had something to do with their abilities, as you were talking about that. But I've drawn a blank. I'm sitting here looking at Morrow pull this energy from the because that's the thing. Morrow also doesn't need energy from people. He yeah. literally just just shit from the universe like he just needs like land and water or shit who knows what the problem would be if they were closer to a sun and that's crazy to think about is he (laughs) whatever not super saiyan but super goat (laughs) (laughs) the goat of goat Uh, go LeBron He's LeBron, so 
So it's it's interesting to, to what he can do because we don't know because he's magic and we haven't seen a lot of magic in Dragon Ball other than Bobbity. Right. You know. Hmm. That's an interesting question. I wonder if there's any ties. And I could have sworn one day I did sit and somebody actually broke down all the ages and all of the exactly when all of these events took place. And I can't remember if there was any type of ties from with Bobbity tomorrow. So what was the years between Z and the, the end the end of well, the end of the Boo arc and the end of Z? What how uh, seven years or wait, the what? end of Boo to the end of Z. Yeah. Uh let's see. Well, I didn't think it was that long because Goten and Trunks never really aged up. Yeah. Yeah, that's an interesting question. Let me see if I can sit here Googling stuff as well. But yeah, man, so I'm not really exactly sure. I can't yeah, really call because I, I ask myself too many questions and then I just go off on these little mental tangents exactly on what I'm sitting here looking at. Yeah, because he's, he's one of those you have to, he's not raw power, he's not Frieza, where or even Goku Black, where he's just powerful. Yeah, he's, he's actually he has something that they have to actually plan against. They they oh, can yeah. go in the chamber and uh, train for a year or two and be like, okay, well we can beat you now. They're going to have to come up with a plan to beat Moro, and that's yeah. the interesting. Uh, and I, I draw a lot of parallels, but I don't, it's not necessarily like I'm trying to compare them. But as far as what I want from this arc to happen is I actually want some genius level, like, mm. tactician shit happening. I want somebody to be the Itachi. I want somebody to be the Yellow Flash. I want somebody to be the Gara. I want somebody to be the Shikamaru of this fucking series because your powers don't mean shit. As well as pull fire from the planet, and you guys are gonna have to think your way out of it. And I would love to see a little bit less testosterone in Dragon Ball for this arc, and people actually think their way to victory. Exactly. And what you said, like what you said, you have to kind of. They can't look at him. Normal enemy, what we've seen, they got things completely different. They have to say, Hey, and it goes a little bit to what Goku had to do against Hit. He had to figure out how to beat Hit. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so, I don't know, they're, they're gonna have to do some deep, uh. Moro's not an easy guy to beat, and I'm glad that they came up with somebody that's not just power. He's power and magic, and you have to have a strategy to to beat him. 
So that might be where Piccolo could come in handy. So that might be the intro of being able to bring Kamikolo Nail or Nail Lamikolo or whatever their being is called now because they need some smarts because the muscle isn't going to do it all. And one question because I know you're a Piccolo fan. Isn't his meditation training more for key control? Because that's what I... Like, maybe there's a way he could tuck away his key. Not just hide it, but maybe like compartmentalize it to where it can't be pulled out, weaponized, like what Moro's doing. And then maybe he could just, he would just have to be strong enough because we technically don't really know how strong Moro is because he never went hand to hand against Goku and Vegeta. Yeah, he's, he's he just. Is, he is busting these Namekians' ass, though. <laughs> yeah, we know he's strong, but like you said, we don't know how, how strong, but he's able to keep them from doing what they have to do to be stronger. So maybe they could beat him in their base forms. Need some type of key to uh, actually combat him, and he's taking that away from them. They might have to take the kung fu approach instead of the karate approach. Not saying that those are their fighting styles, but if you have any type of martial arts. Uh, you know, like knowledge of how the styles are, you know, Kung Fu is more of like a misdirection, you know, using other people's aggression against them as opposed to just a straight out, you know, one requires a little bit more patience and calm and thinking to it as opposed to, oh yeah, that right there? Yeah, I'm gonna just go kick the shit out of it. <laughs> yeah. You're gonna so, see, because in the group, who's the best Strategist and who's the best tactician? So this arc might actually show it. That just might be it. So going to that, I was going to do three of the top uh, group discussions going on right now, and we're. First one I have is from Daquan Forbes. Okay. Shout out Daquan. Admit that Broly and Jiren outclass Goku. Okay, that's easy. I could admit that. But just because they outclass them doesn't mean they got what it takes to beat the underdog. It's a common anime theme. Underdogs are always outclassed. That's the reason Vegeta's so pissed. That's why Sasuke stayed pissed. That's the way, you know what I mean? Like, we could sit here and name them all day. That's the reason that fucking Bakugo and damn My Hero is pissed. You know what I mean? And those are just, you know, obviously I'm just naming like top, popular, mainstream, but, you know, that's something that's always in anime. It's not even just in anime, it's in all kinds of shit. You know what I mean? The, you can. Yeah, that's easy to admit. They do outclass him, but at the end of the day, who's going to beat them? Yeah. 
he figured out a way to beat him. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, another one is you have to fight Jiren. The item to your right is the weapon. What is it? Boy, uh, to my right is a water bottle, so I lose. Yeah, and I have uh, one, two, three, four, five, five pillows, two of them pink, two of them gray, and one of them navy blue with tassels. So, and they're, they're suede, so it's going to be the softest, smoothest pillow in New Zealand. Yeah, no. Hey, Jerry got me. Oh, Jerry might, um, you know, that might be his kryptonite. Uh, I mean, unless he need a nap, and I just like hit him up, and he's been like he's been up, he's been awake and angry for so long. You just hit him with a pillow, and he just and he just conk out like, oh shit, this is what sleep is. I don't have to be angry. I could take a fucking nap. This is this is anime, so any of that. Could... <laughs> oh my gosh, if that happened, I'd be so livid. One. <laughs> Gohan fans worse than Cowboys fans. Changed my mind. Hmm. I'm not going to say they're worse. I mean, shit, I'm from Texas. I'd say they're on par because it's always a well, maybe next time looking (laughs) situation. So I can't say that they're worse. They are Cowboy fans. Like... Um, <laughs> Gohan is the Cowboys of Dragon Ball because he hadn't had a championship since the Cell games and it's like literally probably been the same amount of years since the Cowboys won a Super Bowl since when the Cell games were new so I can't change your mind all I can tell you is that they are Cowboy fans they're not worse they're the same fucking people Gohan's defense because I'm a Gohan fan and I know I'm going to ruffle a lot of feathers, but wouldn't that make Vegeta the Buffalo Bills of the fan base? Because they get to oh, they, they go against the main the main villain. Oh, like the all, one that's set to win the Super Bowl. Exactly. They go to multiple Super Bowls, but they lose. All the time, so he fights multiple main villains, but he ain't never beat one. So is he the Buffalo Bills of I'm trying to think who is Vegeta taken out? I mean, he took out some Ginyu people. He took himself out. Uh. Man, just maybe. If I knew more about football, I'd be able to add more to the Buffalo Bills stuff. But since I'm not from those parts, I really don't know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, those went to the Super Bowl multiple times. They lost every time. So yeah, well, uh, I know that that checks out. Yeah, that's, I compared them to. So that's not a good comparison. And no. uh, I will get it. Whenever we post this, because Vegeta fans rule the Untold <laughs> Dragon Ball group, they do. Despite and that's why 
<laughs> the way that I identify the most with Vegeta is his pride. Like, I don't necessarily know that I'm like prideful to a fault like that, but if there was one of the seven deadly sins that I would be guilty of the most, it is my pride. Well, like when I get in my pride bag, like I'm in it. You know what I mean? And that's one thing about him. So, yeah, you're probably right. Like, and my will, will when I when she tells me something, I say no, I'm right. It's pride, but like I said, he. He is the Buffalo Bills because he's not one the big one, and I think a lot of his fans are waiting for the big win. I don't yeah. think, even though he, I, I will say this: I, I've liked Vegeta more in the manga, in this manga arc, because he's actually felt bad about what he did to the Namekians. Oh yeah, that's something that we didn't bring up. And that's, that has been, you know, I can say, okay, well, I feel Vegeta. You know, he was wrong in the past. He was young, and now he's matured, and he knows. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's something I've noticed heavy about this arc is that he's definitely made mention of, you know, enough shit has been done. So if you're here to cause problems with these people like I owe it to them to be their defender for as best as I can you know so he's definitely trying to whatever's not sitting right in him maybe he is bit by bit trying to reach that zen like Goku just not a naive zen you know what I mean like when we told him you try too hard and Goku doesn't try hard enough. You know what I mean? Like, you're too stiff and you're too flexible. Y'all need to find the middle ground, you know? You're too good with the flow. You're too set in your ways. You need to... So maybe whatever has caused him to always just be that hard ass, maybe he's trying to soften up because no matter what, he has to admit that Goku's methods seem to work better than his. <laughs> and that's exactly the case. Um, that's what we, we try to tell everybody. Goku's had the formula to win, but, you know, I think if Vegeta put it all together, he could finally, but I don't think he is. I think because what you, because of his pride, he's not going to ever put it all together. And I think that's why Goku will always be one step ahead. Goku's always going to be the – he's going to be the Batman, but Jesus is going to be the Robin. Yeah. Sadly, sadly but – Lots of sidekicker. Yeah, Exactly. Um, you got anything else? Well, at the moment, no, not for this one. I feel like that was a nice little inaugural run. Uh, we'll definitely have to any more uh, 
theories that I have. Definitely have to jot those down, pose those questions to the group. That being said, when you, the listeners of the Untold Dragon Ball group, hear these, don't forget to, uh, you know, by all means, uh, throw in your two cents and raise questions, anything that you feel like we might have forgotten or glossed over. Let us know about that. That way exactly. we can definitely start to fortify the format. And, you know, it's kind of a lot to cover and try to keep it concise. So, yeah. So we're going to put the link to the group. So if you join the group, please, you know, whatever you, you whatever we say wrong that you think is right, please put it in the group. Also, shout out to the group's founder, Mr. Max Harden, Maxwell Harden. And also, don't forget, when joining the group, you don't get let in the group if you don't answer those questions. Please answer those questions because we need to know stuff because there's a lot of discussion on different characters. We need to know who your favorite character is. (laughs) Yes, sir. For sure. For sure. No judgment, but a little bit of judgment. <laughs> but we got this. Uh, we're recording kind of late. Uh, we've had a rough start, but we got to get something out. And then it's up to, uh, up to us to stay consistent with it. It's been fun, and we look to doing it again. Uh, maybe next time we'll have a couple of other co hosts with us. We're definitely going to keep this thing rocking. Um, and then also in time, you know, we're definitely going to be talking about more than Dragon Ball, but at the moment, you know what I mean? It is what it is. You know, Dragon Ball is going to be in the next Olympics. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's been a long time coming, so. We're going to keep talking about Dragon Ball, so uh, next time, please listen and please join in, you know, hopefully, like you said, we'll have more people here. We'll be able to do a little bit more and, uh, you know, just keep listening. Most definitely. All right, man. Well, it's been real. I've been AE. He's been Charles. And this has been the untold Dragon Ball group podcast. And happy birthday to AE. Just oh, don't want to. <laughs> I stopped counting years ago. Same. But we appreciate you joining in, and uh, we'll see you guys next time. For sure. Thanks for listening. Yep.